Hey, it's London Alexandria. And Kirby Carroll. And you are listening to Let's Talk Creative. We are here with our big sister, the beautiful Latoria Livin. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Hey. Okay. We were so happy when we decided we were going to talk about mentorship, and we were like, Latoria, like, obviously, they're both of our mentors. <laughs> yeah. Hello. But, so I know we were briefly catching up a little bit about um, everything that's happening, but um, you can go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Okay, so as mentioned, I'm Latoria Lemon. I am from Houston, Texas. I attended Clark Atlanta University where I received my degree in public relations management. Um, I am also the owner of Lemon Limelight Media where we do full service PR, event activations, um, even a little bit of staffing at times. Um, we're based in Houston and Atlanta, but we work all over the world. <laughs> right. And we are happy to have you here today with us. And so what we normally do with our guests... We need to be we, here when we... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and when, what we do normally with guests, we start off playing a game. So the game we're going to play with you is Would You Rather. Okay. I love this game. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll just jump right in and start with... You'd rather be without phone for a week or without internet for a week? Oh, <laughs> probably without my phone because with the internet, you could still, you know, find some ways to do stuff. I could Facebook call you and Skype and all that stuff. So um, mm -hmm. I'll take the internet over the phone. That's true. Mm -hmm. I think I would say phone just because we cannot convince my dad to get a smartphone. So I still got to call him for everything. Ooh. So to stay in communication with the family, I would have to still say the phone. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, definitely, I'd rather go without the phone. Because okay. like, like you said, the internet, you can Skype people, you can, you know... Get on Facebook, Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of different ways to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. So true. So my question is, uh, would you rather be a kid your whole life or an adult your whole life? Definitely a kid because kids do not pay bills. They don't have the stress of being an adult <laughs> and making things happen. So uh, mm -hmm. being a kid was, was kind of fun. It was, it was on and popping. You had recess and kickball and everything. <laughs> I'm with Latoria. Yes, we can nap. We can relax. I'm going for the kid life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I'm with both of you. Kid life all day. <laughs> we took it for granted. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a random one. Would you rather work more days for fewer hours or fewer days for more hours? Fewer days for more hours. Um, I think in this point in my life, I'm learning balance a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the fewer the days that I could work, the more I can maybe see family or, you know, do some personal things and just soak in the moment. So I would say fewer days. 
Same here. Same here. I really like, I feel like the weekends aren't long enough anymore. And if you could like break yeah. it up somehow, I, yeah, I would do that. <laughs> I mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you, oh, go ahead. No, it's because that's probably what a lot of us do anyway. I feel like some days you work really long and then it's like, okay, I'm going to chill today. That kind of thing. So. Yeah. It really, to me, it depends on how much you can cram into a day. Like there's some days where I get up at like 3 a.m. And yeah. by 12, I've gotten so much done because it's, it's the peaceful, quiet hours where nobody's bugging you or your phone isn't ringing and yeah. emails aren't off the chain. So you can really focus a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So would you rather have x-ray vision or magnified hearing? Hmm. Huh. That's a really good one. That um, is. I need to be able to hear what's going on, okay? I, I need to be able to hear it. Uh, let's, let's get into it. Did somebody say something all the way across the room? Let's, let's see what's going on, okay? Um, but the vision part is good too. I don't know. I, I, yeah. Maybe I'll say the hearing. Yeah. Hearing. Yeah. Hmm. I guess I would say vision, just because I can't see well in real life. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would help. You know. Right. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. yeah. I would say hearing. Hearing. Okay. Yeah. Like to be able to hear what's going on. I do like to be able to know what's going on. Yeah. All the tea. Mm -hmm. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the one, last one. Well, last moment I have. Would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future and meet your great grandchildren? I want to meet my great grandchildren um, okay. because I think that they. I would want them to know the legacy that I've been trying to build for them. Because uh, a lot of what, what I do, I understand that it's, you know, it's going to take me a lifetime to really build where I want to be. And mm -hmm. my children and grandchildren and great, great grandchildren, I want them to reap their benefits. I want them to have generational wealth. I want them to have, you know, some of the things that I had to literally fight for and, um, yeah. and, uh, and receive. So, but I, I'm super thankful for my ancestors, though, but I think they kind of live within me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, see, Latoya, you got to change my answer, <laughs> because I was, I was going to say ancestors, but that makes such a good point. They live within you, so mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I'll say ancestors, because that was my first thought, but just because I hear so many stories about, like, um, I don't even know if I ever told y'all this, but, like, um, my grandmother on my dad's side actually passed away when he was young. So a lot of that side of the family, I don't know. I just always kind of wonder like what they're like, that kind of thing. So it'd be nice to just do that. But I definitely would like to know what <laughs> my great grandchildren would be like too. So yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. What about I was, you? I was thinking ancestors, just because I would like to know more about you know who I am, where I come from, and you know, just lean on, like, the advice, and, you know, just, I, I just think it would, that's something that we're missing, in a way, like, as um, Black people, like, we don't really know where we come from, and so, um, I think that would be really cool to actually go back and actually meet my ancestors. That's cool. I can see it. Yeah, so... <laughs> 
since you started off, um, Kirby, we'll end with um, with that question. With your question. Okay. <laughs> so next, we're going to do the hot topics. Uh, and um, mm -hmm. this is a topic that is close to Kirby's heart. <laughs> Oh, oh, Lord. I done got so many text messages. I already know, but go ahead. Is it August and Jada? No, we have to oh, talk about that too, though. We got to add that in. Okay, we can <laughs> add that in. <laughs> yeah. But what we were referring to is 50 Cent and his recent comments about um, the angry black woman and like dating exotic women. And he caught a lot of backlash for that. And you know, 50 Cent is one of Kirby's favorite people in the world. <laughs> it's about, I saw Latoria's face, it was very surprising. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that Kirby. Mm. I know, I'm, I don't know. I think I just like how he's been able to do so many different things. I used to love his music when I was younger. Y'all know how much I want to write. I love how he got into that world. I just, I don't know, but that was so rude. I can, I was very surprised. Cause I think doesn't he like hire a lot of black women? It was just very strange that he made that comment. Like I know he said some ignorant stuff, but I just was surprised. <laughs> it it now, hurt a little bit. There's, there's not too much that surprises me about him. He's very um, outspoken. Mm -hmm. He says a lot of things. Um, very opinionated. Uh, I do think that that particular comment is a slap in the face because I'm pretty sure his mother, his aunties, his sisters, his cousins, they probably look like yeah. him and not these exotic women. Mm -hmm. And um, I think a lot of times uh, women of color that aren't exotic looking, we get like mm -hmm. a bad rep because people feel like we're so attitudish. Now I will say this, Mm -hmm. Let me give a complete disclaimer because yeah. I recently, like literally the last 24 hours, I had to check myself um, mm -hmm. about a situation that I didn't really get an attitude about it, but I did get a little snappy. And so mm -hmm. for that, um, you know, I am apologizing to the person uh, mm -hmm. for that because I'm mm -hmm. not, I'm not an angry black woman. That's not me. Right. And although he was very, um, I guess understanding to it for me it's like okay at times you got to check yourself and if that's a flaw then correct it but I also think that women in general no matter if you're light black orange or whatever any woman can get an attitude any woman can be passive any woman can be submissive it's all in how you as the man handle the situation and one of the reasons I want to apologize for the way I handled the situation is because the person I, hand, or I, I was in a situation with, he handled it so well to where it was like, okay, let me, right. let me backtrack right. and think about how I could have done better in that situation. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I feel like we're all able to like stand up for ourselves. But I, I do think when we like as black women say certain things, it can even come off like, oh, they're being angry. They're being, when it's like, no, I'm just standing up for myself. And sometimes I question like if it was a man or if, even if it was a white woman, like would it be perceived the same way? Or she's oh, she's just a boss. That's how she has to handle it. That kind of thing. So I do think we get that kind of hard. And in regard to the 50 cent thing, honestly, 
everyone can have a preference. Like, that's just the reality. Even if it's like, oh, okay, it's not me, whatever. <laughs> everyone can have a preference. I right. think I just didn't like how it was said. I think the context mm-hmm. was, and I, I mean, of course, it doesn't take away from his work. I still like 50, but I just right. feel like it was not the best way to say it, yeah. especially publicly. Yeah. It's never what you say or what you do. It's how you say it and how you do it. And yeah. that's just the, you know, even I think there was maybe three or four years ago, Chris Brown had a song where he said something about he only like red bones with light with eyes. Or pretty hair or so. Exactly, with pretty mm-hmm. hair. And so everybody took that and ran with it. Now, mind you, I know some people that have said, listen, I want a man as black as Morris Chestnut. And the light skins didn't get mad about it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has a preference. You know, and I think at times we live in such a touchy-feely world where Mm -hmm. people are looking for that moment to attack everybody and to attack Mm -hmm. others. And it's kind of like, well, if he's saying he likes exotic women, that's his preference. But don't bash the other women that don't look like the ones. Right. Right. That was my thing. (laughs) Latori always says things so amazing. Yeah, I think that was <laughs> yeah, that's that was, was the issue because he was yeah. basically comparing the two, mm-hmm. and exactly. he was making it seem like black women were angry. You know, we have attitudes and all this, whatever, mm-hmm. and like we're not mm-hmm. worthy. And right. so it's like, are you serious? Right. right. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of people have came out and you know spoken against that, even because you know Little Wayne, like he was laughing the whole time. So even. You know, people are like Lil Wayne, like you have a beautiful black daughter, like Regine. And so Regine came out and, you know, she was saying like, I'm beautiful, I'm this, you know. So I feel like that has to be hard to watch and hard to hear if that's like your father and, you know, somebody is saying that and your dad is just there laughing. Yeah. And you're you're black, you know. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget to love ourselves. And if you don't love yourself, you can't love people that look like you. You're going to always chase after things that don't resemble who you are because you have self-hatred. And a lot of times that happens, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, it's the difference between preference and going with a style or going with a trend. And so often in entertainment, and I will be honest, there's a lot of entertainers that they date a certain type. And Mm -hmm. then you look up and it's like, that's like y'all not even compatible yeah y'all look good on the red carpet y'all look good in selfies but this don't this don't even make sense you know so i don't know i've seen it happen so many times and i think that again it's a trend and i think even and i'll just speak on this this side of things like i've never seen a rapper or a a entertainer even come out with a plus size woman there, yeah. I, I really feel like that would be something that they would, like, shy away from. Like, oh, my God. And there's beautiful curvaceous women mm-hmm. that are naturally curvaceous, may have a little tummy, may have, you know, a little extra here and there. Mm-hmm. But the moral of the story is you're not you're not getting your full benefits of a person if you're, if you're literally saying, I can only date this type because they look this way. Well, what about character? What about yeah. how they treat? Mm-hmm. What about what they bring to the table? Like people like 50, they'll forever be finding these sugar babies or whatever that they can take care of the rest of their life because they don't know how to deal with an actual real woman that's not looking for you to gain. They're looking to just be compatible. Right. 
And I asked, and I won't get off the subject too much, but like, why do y'all think that is? Because when you look at some of these like powerful men, the things they've done, the decisions they made, you would just think that they would have enough like of their own mind to think, hmm, maybe I should get a partner or maybe like whoever I want to be with doesn't have to fit this mold. Because you know, some of these people are like super innovative and creative and think their own way. So it's like, why are you just following this? Like, and I and I mean, I see that, you know, I'm, Latour, I'm sure you see it so much more. Like you just see this and you're like, they, like you right. said, y'all don't even match. Like, well, how did this even happen? So why do you think that is? Mm, you know, what I'm learning, and y'all know I just turned 31, like yeah. two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so happy I'm, belated. So, happy thank you, thank you. There, there's times where I have to stop and pause um, life and just kind of try to figure things out. And so what I feel as though happens is for some people, they get intimidated or they feel like it's too hard to remove layers and not emotional layers, but layers of, wow, okay, how do I date a person that mm-hmm. has their own or how do I approach a person uh, without looking thirsty or whatever? And I've seen guys would rather look thirsty with the girls who have absolutely nothing to offer, but the girls that do have something to offer, it's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to approach that or I don't know if I want to mm-hmm. even see like how we could be compatible. And I always tell people, look at people for who they are, not what they are. If you want to, like I had a mentee, she's 23, and she's like, I only want to date NBA players. And I'm like, girl, date for everybody. Like, mm-hmm. girl, you could throw him back to the streets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you're looking at a person for what they are, not who they are. When you look at the character, you look at their heart, their soul, you'll begin to find compatibility in those things versus, oh, this person has this job and they make this much or they drive this car, whatever. Should you have standards? Sure. But make sure your standards are are more internal standards than external standards. Because I've seen people that had it all and then they didn't have it all and they're broke and they have to, you know, ride in the the hoopty. And the people that once liked them are like, "Uh, we're on to the next. So, but when you actually begin to care about someone or look at someone for their interior, literally, it's almost like back in the day when, um, y'all remember Exhibit had Pimp My Ride? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, with Pimp My Ride, and this, uh, this analogy just came to me, on Pimp My Ride, they used to fix the interior of the car before the exterior. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but said all that to say, your interior should look just as badass as you feel yeah. as your exterior is. You got to work on that inside. You got to work on that soul, that, that heart. And we all have flaws. I'm identifying my flaws daily. Like, and sometimes it takes somebody else that you care about to kind of show you, like, okay, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let, let me bring it back. Maybe I'm being a little, you know, X, Y, Z. But again, it, I just think dating in this generation has become very different, um, mm-hmm. but also there's so many different factors and elements. You got social media that's, you know, pumping up everybody to look like a Barbie and look like, you know, something that you could buy from Dr. Miami. And if you decide to buy it, that's totally fine. But the reality of it is natural still has a, a, a beauty to it as well. Right, right. It's funny you said that because I was talking to my parents the other day. I went home for a couple of months and they were just talking to me about dating. You know, it's so different talking to them now as like an adult. And they're just like, 
So, you know, what do you think is hard? You know, they because you know they want grandkids, so they give into that <laughs> difficult question. So what, you, <laughs> so what do you think it is? And I'm just like, it's different. And I don't even know how to explain it exactly, but it, I'm like, I hear y'all, I love y'all, but I just don't think it's the same, you know, type of experience of like what y'all dealt with and just how it is in general. Like you said, I mean, I think a lot of times people are just looking for what you have, how you can benefit me. And it's like, that's that's not how a relationship should be. No. You know? So, yeah. I mean, should you bring something to the table? Absolutely. Should they bring some, something to the table? Absolutely. But I can't bring the table, the chairs, the plates, the pots, the pans. <laughs> exactly. The I mean, if I'm going to bring everything, then what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, again, and I also realize in life, timing is essential, right? Sometimes you can meet a person at, you can meet the right person at the wrong time. You can meet the wrong person at the right time. Mm-hmm. And you're literally trying to get yourself together. Um, but again, I think all of this goes back to, um, we have to learn to have patience with each other. You know, I've dealt with so many people and so many situations where it was easy for them to throw me away. It was easy for me to throw them away because mm-hmm. we don't want to put the work in. Like, mm, I ain't got time to deal with that on to the next. But again, as you get older or as you just mature, you realize that, okay, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort, sometimes additional effort effort that you didn't even think you were going to have to, you know, put in. And if a person is worth it, you have to communicate. You have to be able to be transparent. And communication is is listening more than speaking at times, you know. And so, you know, I just think it's a combination of things. I mean, I can't really say what's going to happen with our generation or what our generation is doing with dating. But yeah. I think we have to cherish each other a little bit more. And that's just, you know. That's just right to the point. True. True. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, next topic, <laughs> since uh, we brought it up, <laughs> Jada <laughs> and August Alcina. That's a big topic. Now, for me, that is a big topic. It's a big topic. Um, I know Jada received a lot of backlash online, mm-hmm. and um. In August, he, well, yeah, he came out later and he said that he gave them courtesy calls and that, you know, he was standing in his truth and both Uh Jada and Will denied um, that that happened. And then Jada tweeted that she was going to bring herself to the Red Table Talk and everybody's like, what is that going to (laughs) be? So it's definitely been a lot of chatter. Um, I just know for me, I don't know if it's true or not. Um... I will say just with August, like, because I have followed, like, his career, like, mm-hmm. I just hope that, you know, he's okay, because I know he's dealt with so much, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. I just hope that, you know, he wasn't affected in all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a touchy, but I, it's, I know. It's, I know. <laughs> Like, I, it's scary, uh, not scary, it's sad, I guess, what's happening with August. Like, like you said, he's been through so much, so I just totally right. agree. I hope he's okay. Um, with Will and Jada, it's like, I've just always, like, look, like, you know, I don't know them, but I admire them from afar in the sense of, like, following their story and stuff. And I, 
I think we've heard for years. I mean, no one knows. That's the thing. You can't, yeah. there's no it's one, knows. you know, so it's just one of those things. But I mean, if it is true, I do think, you know, certain things should be private, but it's like, who? you also can't tell somebody they can't speak their truth. So it's just like a weird situation, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> you know, Hollywood is weird. Let's, let's start there. Okay? Folks are crazy and weird. Um, I don't think, again, I just don't think too much surprises me. I do, I think in the in this situation, Argus is going to get the short end of the stick, right? Okay. He's going to get the backlash because his truth may be the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But you have Will over here, you have Jada, you have their PR teams, you have all these people that are going to cover up whatever the real truth is. Right. So mm -hmm. his, his truth is going to look like, mm, yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it's, it's sad because when I look at Will and Jada, I don't know if it's me or not, but I, I hadn't seen chemistry with them since <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> <laughs> You know, again, yeah. it's one thing for you guys to be on the red carpet and taking pictures and all this stuff, but it's another thing for things just to look a little weird. Like, and again, this is not talking about anybody's children, but I think that their kids have, have indirectly said things that make you go, hmm, yeah. what's going on in that household? Yeah. You know, what what is taking place up over there? You know, so when the, when you just start putting two and two together, little things, even Jada, I don't know who she did an interview with, but it has now resurfaced. The interview basically said that, um, you know, I don't believe in divorce. We'll end up being life partners for the rest of our lives. And mm -hmm. you stay on one side of the house and I stay on the other side of the house before we get a divorce. And it could very well be that that is now the situation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so... I know a lot of couples in entertainment, and again, this is in real world stuff, because my neighbors and people that I grew up with, we're not doing arrangements, and we're not, <laughs> well, that's not, that's not how we're doing it, but right. it just seems as though a lot of what August said is valid, you know, and even what, like a year ago or so, he released a song, I can't remember the name of it, but whatever mm -hmm. the name of the song was, it was Jada's middle name, mm -hmm. and everybody was like, What's weird. going on here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Guys? And at yeah. that point, he was calling her his godmother or something. I'm like, what, the, what is going yeah. on? Yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, what in the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs is going on over <laughs> This don't make good sense. But again, it, it's a lot of stage stuff. I mean, there's a lot of rappers and singers that have quote unquote been dating. And it's really just a publicity stunt that the rest of the world probably will never recognize as a publicity stunt. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I hope she does red table talk soon though, because that will be entertaining. <laughs> yes. Very. Yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I just feel like in that instance, if you are if you do have an open marriage or, you know, whatever the case, you're just like partners and you kind of do your own thing. When you have like that person sign like a, a NDA or something, I just feel like I would try to. Yeah. I, I, when I thought about it, I was like, now I know some NDAs had to be signed or something, but perhaps he found a loophole of some sort to mention 
But then even with that, it's kind of like, August has kind of had a mentality to where it's like, all right, let's do it. You know, like, let's yeah. do it. And then it's almost like if you sign that NDA and now you've spoken about it and they come back and sue you, they're going to look like they're in the wrong still because it's like, well, why would you sue somebody if y'all wasn't together? Why did you make them sign an NDA if y'all wasn't Yeah. So, I mean, I think on both on both ends, it's kind of going to be uh, an up and down situation. And, you know, for, for Jada, um, you know, I think in situations like this, women never really get, you, you'll never get the, the upper hand in a situation because mm. you're a married right. woman dealing with, honestly, a child. Like, he's a kid. He's like, he's yeah. like 18. No, he's really like 26. But still, like, compared to Jada. Yeah. Like, you a grown, like, you a grown, grown woman. Like, you messed with Tupac. Do you hear me? Like, that's, a, that's some legendary stuff. So what were you doing with August? Like, what? Ooh. It's just weird. And that's the thing. Like, I, I, it was upsetting for me just because I was like, man, I've just always liked Will and Jada so much. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on over there, but I also really like them a lot. But mm-hmm. once that happened, it was like, okay, now we got like a confirmation that something's not right. And I think yeah. some of it's that too. Like, even if it comes out like, oh no, it's completely wrong. I feel like the perception is going to be, well, something's happening. Because why would he say that? Like, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. It's just strange, and I think their whole like life partnership. Maybe they are like best friends, or like you said, who knows what that situation is. But it's just um, <laughs> some like it's something normal. That's all. And I think I have a fan of both of them, but it just seems different. And I feel like this kind of confirmed yeah. it for everybody who already thought that. You know. Agree. I totally agree. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we can move on from the hot topics and get into the interview. So Latoria, um, if you can, you know, walk us through your journey of, you know, getting into PR and um, your experiences and, you know, what are you doing now? Got it. So I got into PR on accident. Um, When I moved from Houston, I was, I was, I had just turned 18 and I had been doing radio here in Houston. So I was like the youngest radio personality on air and producing in Houston. So I wanted to be on the radio. I wanted a nationally syndicated show. Like I had all these goals. So um, I applied for an internship my freshman year with allhiphop.com. And they had like this internship slash ambassador program that would basically allow you to travel to all these places and cover events and all this stuff. So long story short, I applied and I did not get the internship, but the publicist um, for that internship, her name was Rashida and she worked with one 35th Street agency. And she was like, I want you to talk to my boss. My boss been checking you out and you know, we really like your work and blah, 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 blah. I didn't know what a publicist was at that time. I was like 18, maybe 19. Um, And so I was like, okay, but I was hungry. I was willing to, you know, explore. Long story short, um, I ended up meeting with Septosa and then her business partner, um, Shantae Bacon. And we talked about a project they had, which happened to be with Essence Magazine. And um, they put me on that project for like six months. And my uh, advisor, Ms. DeBose, 
she found out mm-hmm. I was working with Essence and a PR company. She was like, look, girl, you're not going to be studying radio and you're already working with these people. <laughs> and I was like, so what am I going to study? She was like, you need to change your major to public relations. And I was like, I don't think so. But she ended up doing it for me. I didn't get a choice. Oh, wow. <laughs> Y'all know Mr. Bowles. Yeah. Like, was like, wow. She was. She was. Mm-hmm. So she, she helped me with that transition. And um, and then I, I worked with 135th Street all throughout college. I also in time with another company. And then when I graduated, probably like two or three months after I graduated, a couple of people started reaching out to me and saying, hey, we want you to be our publicist. And I was like, what? Like, no, you got to go through the companies I'm working with, which I was only doing freelance at the time. But one lady just set me down. She was like, girl, we don't want to go through them companies. We're trying to hire you. So I was like, okay. And so I started working with um, this, this entity called um, Real Table Talk. And then I started working with Restless Style Magazine and some other entities. And before I knew it, I had like four clients and I just graduated college. So I was kind of forced into starting my business and then I left Atlanta in 2013 for personal reasons and came back home to Houston and it's kind of been, the story is, is, you know, it's been written since then. Wow. Did you, do you, the fact that you've had such like traditional training, you went to school, you interned, you know, a lot of people are becoming um, like, you know, um, they're studying and becoming like self-made public, is that the word I want to use? <laughs> they're starting, they're learning, starting publicity on their own kind of thing and just starting up. So do you see any like difference in like your formal training? Is there anything that you feel like maybe could help somebody who's just trying to start on their own or maybe didn't have that traditional training? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of what we do, whether it's, you know, in PR or or TV or whatever the case may be, it doesn't, you don't necessarily need a degree, so to speak, but you need some type of guidance. Mm -hmm. And you you never want to be that one person that's helping to water down the industry. Um, If anything, be the water that's that's watering the seeds in the industry or sow seeds within the industry. Um, But I think in terms of, of guidance, like I've seen so many people, and this is no shade to them, but so many people pop up and they be like, I just started my own PR company mm-hmm. and um, I'm popping. I had a girl email me like two weeks ago. She was like, I have such and such PR agency. Um, I just brought on a rapper and I'm trying to get his music on the radio. And so I've used that as a teaching moment. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I asked if I could chat with her and she was like, sure. So we chatted and I said, if you are reaching out to the stations to get his music played, that's not your job as a publicist. Your job is to get publicity for him, not to get rotations for him. Can your publicity get rotations? Sure, if you got the hottest song in the streets and in the clubs and everywhere else, they're gonna come after him. But if you're trying to set up meetings to get his music played, that's that's not it. So I realized in that moment that, of course, the industry has become kind of popular. Like people are like, oh, I could do PR because I got 70,000 followers on Instagram and I know such and such at the radio station. Well, the thing about PR is you not only have to think as a publicist, you have to think as a journalist. You have to think as the audience that you're trying to capture and you're trying to pitch to 
You have to be, you can't be afraid of rejection. I can't tell you how many times people have said, no, we're not, you know, we're not going for that type of content right now, or whatever the case may be. And you can't get upset. I mean, it just is what it is. Everybody has a job. So who you're pitching to, they have a job. Um, so said all that to say, get a mentorship. Before you go start your business, no matter how ambitious you are, or not get a mentorship, get a mentor is what I'm saying. But um, get an internship. Um, get Make sure that you have the experience. I appreciate interning. Interning was something that I will never, ever regret. I was the first one in the office and the last one to leave on many occasions. And then even when I got home, I was cracking up on my laptop and opening my phone so that I could still work. And that taught me what I needed to have as a business owner. That taught me that there's really no off days in this industry, that there's really no set time. You know, I could, it could be 11 o'clock where I'm at and 8 o'clock in California, and I still had to tend to California business and right. still be on it as if I'm in California. You know, so getting a mentor and having an internship are several. That is... I, I, that's the most essential thing you can do as a person that's interested in any industry. Like, don't be afraid and bring something to the table as well. Like, be able to say, okay, I know I may not know how to um, how to pitch, but I do have a few contacts, you know, and maybe maybe it could benefit your client. You know, it, it it has to be something that's all across the board. Or or maybe you may not be good at writing, but you're a heck of a person when it comes to cold calling. So calling Fox and saying, hey, we sent over a pitch about two days ago. Just want to follow up on the, stat, on the status of it. Like, get in and fit in. And that's it. Right. Who would you say some of... Are we, who are we going to say who are some of your mentors, um, whether it be people you work with directly or even maybe people you like aspire to work with, but maybe you follow their business practices, that kind of thing? Definitely. So I am, I'm forever, forever, forever grateful for Septosa Foster with 135th Street. Um, again, they saw a publicist in me when I didn't know what the heck that was. Um, so Septosa has been a mentor um, whenever I need advice or anything like that, I can always go to her. She's always gotten on me as well. Even even to this day, Septosa will call me and be like, no, not happening. Like, that don't make sense. What were you thinking? And I have to, I think not just me, but we all have to learn that sometimes you're the teacher, but sometimes you have to be the student as well. And because I recognize that, I'm okay getting chastised at times. You know, so... Septosa Foster, Stacy Lee. Um, Stacy has been a, a huge, huge part in my, my career and my personal life. I started out as her work study student at Clark Atlanta and just, you know, we developed a really close relationship to where um, she's always one call away, always, or text away, or whatever the case may be, and be ready to ride out if need be. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, in terms of someone that I, I would like to work with, um, definitely Ava DuVernay. I respect her so much. She started as a publicist and, and is now in the film world and doing TV and, and just a lot of great things. And so a lot of people don't know, but I write as well. I've written stage plays. I've written just a lot of things. And so that part of my life, I've kind of caged a little bit because PR has just kind of taken over, which isn't a bad thing, but 
Um, I definitely have some content that eventually I would like the world to see and even to hear. So I would love to work with Oh, that's exciting. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Exclusive information, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll definitely be on the lookout for that. So let um, us know. Because, you absolutely. know, we like to write and um, things like that. I sure will. So what would you say um, as far as, like, going about finding the right mentor for you? Like, how can somebody um, find the right person to mentor them? What do you look for? Um, to find a mentor, I think you need to find someone that has a, a similar path that's aligned to you, right? I've met some people before where I'm like, dang, like, they, they are boss. They seem to have it going on. But in my mind, it was like, I know that personality-wise, we probably would not be compatible. Not because they're mean or not because I'm outgoing or whatever the case may be. It's just sometimes you have to recognize that everybody isn't always compatible. And then there's sometimes where people, I think people fail to realize that mentorship is not, it's almost like it, it's a job. Like there are times where you ladies may text me and it's late at night or early in the morning and I'm not going to be like, oh, now I will say this, there, there may be some times where it's a one day delay, but it's never a, a deny, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think that it just takes some understanding when it comes to getting a mentor, similar interests, um, and, and also a mentor that's transparent. I've seen some people before that, you know, proclaim to be a mentor, but they don't want to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And for me, I'm going to tell you when I fell down and bumped my head and got bruises. Because I don't want you to have to go through that. I'm going to tell you, no, this didn't work for me or this is how I got burned. Because again, if I'm going to mentor you and I'm going to give you nuggets, I have to be able to give you nuggets that can save you in certain situations. Then I also have to be able to realize that as your mentor, sometimes you're going you're gonna to put your foot in that hot water and get stung, okay? And we're going to deal with it afterwards. But... Again, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So when looking for a mentor, again, look for that compatibility. Um, look for someone that has similar interests as you. And then also someone that may be available to you as a person. You know, mentorship is not all about professional. There's times when we talk about personal stuff. You know, there's times where we're like, okay, it's been a tough day and we just need to online or hey let's go grab a drink or let, let's get dinner or whatever the case may be so just understanding that and um and not being afraid of of rejection if you do reach out to a mentor you know there's some people that are like hey i barely got time to even talk to my children so how do i talk to you <laughs> you know so just understanding that yeah i wanted to um share a little story i remember okay. um first attending Clark Atlanta because I transferred in and I was like a fish out of water. And I don't know if you remember this, but I can't remember the class, but it was, it was some class I had. And I remember that it was you and someone else that was speaking to us about um, just being new in the school. And I remember like, oh my gosh, like I want to connect with her because she seems Aww. like she would be very helpful with adjusting at the school and whatnot. And so I believe that day I, I um, talked to you like at the end of class or, or whatever, uh -huh. but yeah, but yeah, I was Aww. like, 
Victoria, like, I need to talk with her because I was just so, like, all over the place, and I was still kind of over the place even after that, but <laughs> I felt like you were the one of the first people where I felt like I could go to if I needed help with anything. Well, I do remember that day, and I am so, so proud of you because you have not only grown as a person, but you've grown as a journalist. And you come out of your shell and begin to remove those layers. And so I'm super, super proud of you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I have to act like Latoria, has mentorship always been something very important to you? Because I think about just like how London just shared that story. You know, I have stories like that from the pageant. I know other people who have stories like that where you've just always been very like, helpful, transparent. And another thing I should point out is that you're also very genuine. Some people are like, I'm a help, but it's for their own cloud or whatever. Latoria is not going to tell nobody she helped you unless you say it. Then she'll say, oh, okay, yeah, I did do that. But I, I've noticed one thing that I really like appreciate and thank you for is that when you're like, I need advice or help or something like that, you're always there, but you also are just very humble. And I feel like so many other people have stories like that. So has that always, because I mean, this wasn't to say it now, but it was like that in college. Like, I feel like yeah. you've always been very just like, how can I help you? How, so is that something that's always been important to you or do, is it just, does it just come natural or? Well, you know what? I think that that's, I, I grew up with my, my dad primarily and, um, and my dad is such a giver. Um, he has done so much in the community. He has helped so many people. So growing up, I just, I did what was on my heart and what I saw my dad do, and I didn't know that there was a name for it. So when I learned about mentoring and even community service, I was like, oh, folks, folks got a name for this. Like, this is what you, what you do. But I've just always been a person that genuinely enjoys helping people, um, even from elementary to middle school and high school. I was class president and and we went to a really big school. It was like 5,000 people in our school. But I just always wanted to help. And I, I believe that in order for you to receive your blessings, you must bless others. And so mm-hmm. I'm one of those people where I don't, I don't necessarily like to be like, I help you. I help you. Yeah. And it was on Tuesday and it was uh, Thursday at 5 p.m. Because for me, it's like when you're doing it from the heart and mostly from the soul, you don't calculate it. You know, yeah. you, you're literally doing it because this is a part of who you, this is, this is who I am, you know, and and even in mentorship, funny story, London, I don't know if Kirby has given you the good, the bad, and the ugly, but (laughs) it was one of my pageant girls, and so my pageant girls, they got the good, the bad, and the ugly all the time, and they they thought mostly it was bad and ugly, but (laughs) at the end of the day, I wanted all of them to be successful, not just in that moment, but I look at you, Kirby, I look at Bianca, Bianca has uh, her, her her fashion business and um, some of your other pageant sisters and some of your other pageant big sisters and I'm like listen ladies this is what it was about it's not about making the winner in the pageant it's making the winner it as a person you know if we're gonna win let's all win together mm-hmm. and that means you got to come in here on your best behavior you got to come mm-hmm. on here on your on your a game and make it happen so you know at the end of the day there's a lot of people that I love. There's a lot of things that I love to do, but mostly um, if, if God says, hey, today's your last day being a publicist or today's your last day doing events, I know at the end of the day, no matter what industry I'm in, I'm gonna always be able to be a mentor 
to some capacity to whomever, whether it's on a personal or a professional level. Right. In those different professions, did you always see yourself being an entrepreneur? What was that path like? <laughs> okay, so here, here it goes. Um, again, my dream, I had a couple of dreams growing up. Of course, I grew up in pageants. I did a lot of pageants growing up, um, up until like the age of maybe 10 or 11. And I also have a strong, strong background in theater and acting. So I was in a lot of stage plays in Houston. I was in a lot of short films. I'm so glad Google wasn't around back then. Are you so No, you actually can. Um, I did a lot of cool um, things. So between acting pageants and radio, that's kind of the path that I thought I would end up being in. like when you had to stand up in front of the class and be like what you want to be when you grow up I want to be a radio personality and an actress that was me never once said publicist uh business owner or anything like that so my path my path was different from what I expected but it just goes to show you never know what God has in store for you now said all that to say in transparency I went to school to be a publicist not to be a business owner so there's things that I have to learn weekly. Like I was talking to a close friend of mine yesterday and I was telling him how stressed I was last week because um, it's, it's tax season for those that didn't complete the taxes before COVID. Mm-hmm. So my, my CPA, my accountant, he's just now opening back up to do you know taxes and all that stuff. And so that's a stressful moment trying to get all your ducks in a row um, try, and, and you know, most people know about my PR company, but I have another business too. So trying to get two businesses together and and still operate, still be a publicist. And the thing about being a business owner is you have to be the leader for your team and for your clients. You know, there's times like I'll give you a really recent um, example. So we did the funerals for George Floyd probably the hardest task I've ever had in my life. Not one funeral, not two funerals. We did the PR for four funerals across the country uh, for literally the biggest story in the world. And so there were times where um, Justin, Justin Hatney, he traveled with me to two of the funerals. And then my Houston team, they were here, but we we were all working on all aspects of the funerals. Long story short, we had a conference call one day and things were just so heavy to where I literally had to just say, okay, y'all, I'm hanging up because in that moment, my strength wasn't strong enough to be their leader. And that's a hard thing to even say or experience because they were so heavy. Just not, not just talking about it, but we were living in this whole situation, like front and center. Justin and I were at funeral homes, probably more funeral homes than we wanted to be in ever in life. Right. And looking at this situation firsthand, we were the first people to view what this looked like. And that ain't something we, so me trying to hold him up, him trying to hold me up. And I'm like, I, I literally told him, I was like, I cannot do this. And in that moment, I had to ask God, like, why? Like, why this assignment? You know, why Why would you trust? And again, I, I, I ask this, but more so in a, a way where it's like, I'm not ungrateful, but what made you trust me and my small agency with this type of task when there were so many other 
people in the world. And once it was completed, me and the team, we, we had a conversation and not just talked about our heaviness, but we, we cried, we prayed. Um, we, we just talked about how it had to have been God to pick us to even get through nine days, four funerals, over 350 media outlets all across the world. There was media outlets we had to talk to that didn't even speak English. So how do you like deal with like having something so heavy like that? As like, you know, with your profession, you do get different types of um, calls to do different things. Like, for example, doing PR for their funeral. So how do you, you know, make sure not to take certain things like that home with you? You know what? I I am so appreciative for prayers, right? And I know sometimes that can sound cliche, like people like pray for me and sometimes folks don't pray for you, but I literally, even me and, and the whole team, we kept saying that people have to be praying for us right now because we don't know how we're getting through this. Like literally we're, we're, we're having the longest days of our lives where we're getting up at four in the morning to catch a flight to be in one city and then we're not going to bed till one o'clock only to get up at, at four and do it all over again on top of being emotionally drained and everybody's coming to you for whatever piece of the puzzle that they need. Um, so one thing that has helped me is um, definitely physical activity. Um, the past like two and a half, well, since April, since April I've started training with a really close friend of mine who has done like a tremendous job. Like I appreciate him so much because he um he's doing more for me than he can probably even imagine because it's it's literally become therapeutic to be able to work out and cleanse my mind and cleanse my my you know my thought process and just you know be able to feel good about myself after i've worked out so um thank you for that zone 11 fitness short plug there but um that's definitely helpful for me um I try my best to, when I'm done working, to unplug, even though a lot of my work is ongoing, um, but there's times where I'm like, okay, I'm turning off my phone, and whoever didn't chat with me before this time, it is what it is, um, or that do not disturb, or um, like I have a couple of apps on my phone where I have a spades app, I have a little will of a fortune thing, where those are therapy for me, like I literally just watch or I'm watching YouTube or even having close friends that you can call and they just automatically know even when you say hello they're like what's wrong you know okay. that goes a long way you know so just being able to talk and I'm learning even though I'm a communicator I'm not always the best at communicating my thoughts or my feelings and so now I'm learning to um to have those conversations with the people that I trust I mean, I appreciate people that's like, no, nah, you don't sound good, what's wrong? You know, because again, I'm typically not the person to just lay it thick on you. I'm like, I'm good, or I don't want to talk about it. Those are my two things. I don't want to talk about it, or I'm good. And I'll be sitting there struggling. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm happy you said that because um, a cute, I mean, a lot of people, y'all know, I have a group chat with some of my close friends from school, and they said, like, just in conversation, kind of jokingly the other day, but, like, we never know what's going on with Kirby. We love her. She's there for us, but I'll never know when she's going. And it was one of those things, like, I was not in the group chat at the moment, but I kind of went back and read it. And I said, like, wait, do y'all really feel like that? And um, 
my friend Becca, you know, shout out to her. She mm-hmm. literally said like, hey, I know if I need you, you'll be there. But sometimes we worry about you because you just don't open up to us the same way. And so it made me think like I need to be better with communicating, which I thought I was, but it was one of the things I'm actively trying to work on. So that's one thing. Um, so thank you for saying that. It makes me feel like, okay, I'm not alone. That's something a lot no. of us deal with. Um, no, but also. Well, yeah, but also, what were you going to say um, when you were talking about the different things you're going through, like with work or, you know, right. if you're saying you're working on a pitch really late, whatever it may be, have you ever felt like, you know, just your career and, and you know, different things you're doing, have, do you ever feel like it does affect like your friendships or relationships or anything? Because it's like, look, I, I'm busy or I got this going or I'm, me- I'm meant to get to you, but I miss, you know, because that does happen. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. you ever feel like that's affected your friendships or relationships? You know what, in the past, maybe so. Um, like I, 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 I gave an analogy, I spoke at Prairie View um, University before COVID took place. And I said, the thing that I want people to understand is there's some days where I have to, like I said earlier, I have to be a business owner, a publicist, a friend, a mentor, a daughter, a sister, a granddaughter. Um, <laughs> you know, all, all in the same hour. And, and I have to literally balance that out and still try to be there for myself. I will say this, I have an amazing group of friends um, that have become understanding to where, okay, we know if we need her, she's there. Um, we know that, hey, maybe a couple of days that we don't talk, but it's all love. And I appreciate, like, I, I want to just name them all, Chelsea, Kiana, Brianna, uh, Justin Hatney and um, Janique. I mean, just again, it, it takes understanding. Like this is not a, this is not a, um, a human job. Sometimes yeah. it feels like a robot, you know. Mm-hmm. But it does take understanding. So I appreciate, you know, friends that will pick up the phone and just be like, "Hey, how you doing? What's going on?" So you guys, we had a um, few technical issues. And so um, we're going to go right into the creative crush and give out uh, Latoria's uh, social media and other ways you can reach her. Yeah, so I mean, as far as our creative crush, y'all probably have guessed who it is already. <laughs> um, it's Latoria. Uh, hopefully you gather from the conversation that, I mean, she is a mentor to me in London. She's helped us like professionally, also personally. Um, and she's just someone who's always there to not only like offer guidance, but also to really like just show us different ways the industry moves and how to like you know, navigate what the career path is like as, you know, as women, as black women. So we've learned a lot from her. We love her. So she's definitely a creative crush. We love you, Latoria. Um, and yeah, you, I guess, Linda, you can give, you know, her social and everything. Yeah. So if you guys want to contact Latoria, you can follow her on Instagram at Latoria underscore L. And that's L-A-T-O-R-R-I-A underscore L, or you can shoot her an email at Latoria at LemonLimeLightMedia.com. And yeah, we want to <laughs> appreciate you guys for listening in. Um, we enjoyed our conversation with Latoria. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And you can make sure to follow us on social media. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow me at London underscore Lately. 
and you can follow me at Ask Kirby Carol. All right, you guys. We will be back next week with a new episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.